You're listening to the Women in Western podcast with your host, Cheyenne Draves. This is a lifestyle podcast where we discuss everything from faith to family, business and fitness with an emphasis on the glam and grit of women in the Western lifestyle community. Grab a coffee and go for a walk or a drive. Let's chat and inspire each other to be the best version of ourselves. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of the Women in Western podcast. I am sorry I have kept you guys waiting so long for this episode. It's been a week. And for those of you guys that have been listening for a while, you know, just some weeks we have uh, technical difficulties and it's just hard to get an episode out in a timely manner, you know, especially on um, a podcast where we're interviewing people and especially women in the Western industry that are always so busy on the go. We just run into some technical issues from time to time. So I just thank you guys for bearing with us and um, listening to this week's episode. I'm so excited for it. And as always, we like to get into um, our highlight of the week to start out. And my highlight of this week is actually um, some scripture to kind of help you guys. It's been a really fun last, I guess it's been a week and a half now because I kept you guys waiting um, from last week. But I've just been kind of doing um, a bunch of stuff, getting some teeth done, um, kind of getting caught up on all of my dental clients before I give birth in the middle of March. And then I actually did a maternity photo shoot um, yesterday on Sunday. I'm recording this on Monday. And that was so much fun. I did it with Carolyn Radford Photography, who is in, um, she's the photographer that does all of our dandy lashes shoots. And it was so much fun. It was so creative and wild, and I loved every minute of it. I cannot wait to show you guys those pictures. So that was a lot of fun. Um, But I want to share, like I said, my highlight of the week this week is I want to share some scripture with you guys. Um, My church is doing this 52-day grit challenge, and it's kind of funny because for those of you guys that have been listening for a while, you know that I did the 75 Hard Mental Toughness Challenge last summer, and my past pastor shared with our church that he had done it last year as well with his daughter. And um, he's kind of challenging our church to take on like a 52-day challenge of just three things, three tasks a day for 52 days, um, one physical, one spiritual, and one personal development goal. And just to share with you guys to keep me accountable for each one, um, my physical goal for every day is to go on a walk or do 30 minutes of exercise every day, which I've been able to do very well um, just because walking is super easy. The weather's been nicer. So if I can't make it to the gym in the mornings, which I have been doing consistently on weekdays, then when it's nice out, I can get outside and walk. And if I'm not doing 30 minutes of a walk, I can just do a 30-minute um, pregnancy yoga flow from my laptop um, right in my bedroom. So that's been easy to stick to. And honestly, moving my body, especially getting like an incline walk-in in the morning, I burn about 300 calories and it just gets my endorphins. I feel so good for the rest of the day when I get to the gym in the morning. So I'm really, really thankful that I've been able to stick to that. Spiritually, I've been reading one chapter of the Bible every morning. Right now, I am in the book of Mark. And I'm just making it a priority to read more scripture because I have not made that a priority in the past. I do really well um, spending a lot of time in prayer with God, but I have not um, been great about reading scripture. So I have been reading one chapter of the Bible every morning. It's not hard. I challenge you guys to do it too. 
Personal development, my goal is to spend at the very least 30 minutes on something with my business, well, my businesses every day, whether that be dandy lashes, my dentistry business, or the podcast. So I've been able to stick with that too. It's just kept me accountable to be working on work every single day, especially being a stay-at-home mom as well, or I should say work-from-home mom. (laughs) It's kind of hard to lose track of the day and not prioritize at least 30 minutes for work. So I've been doing that every single day. Um, So those are my three challenges. And the reason we are doing 52 days is because we've been spending a lot of time in the book of Nehemiah. And I have been a Christian my entire life. And this is a story in the Bible that I have not been very familiar with. So um, for those of you guys that have not heard a lot or are very familiar with the story about Nehemiah, I really suggest that you go read. It's in the Old Testament And essentially, like a really brief synopsis, is Nehemiah, um, I believe his parents were from Jerusalem. And at the time that he was alive, the walls around Jerusalem had fallen down. They were in shambles. They were crumbled down. And basically, Jerusalem was in ruins. And um, back then, you know, walls were very important to keep enemies out and keep a town or a city, you know, village, whatever, safe. And so Nehemiah went to build, uh, rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And with the help of the community, he was able to accomplish that in 52 days. And I highly suggest you go read the, um, read the book. It's, it's relatively short. I have my Bible in front of me right now, especially the first like five or six chapters. And it really goes over just like the process of him building this wall around Jerusalem. And it was 40 feet wide, eight foot or 40 feet tall, eight foot wide. It was huge. And the highlight I want to talk about in this book, and like I I feel like we're having a Bible study on the podcast, but this is just something that I thought my listeners would really benefit from hearing. Um, And it kind of goes along with the story of Katie Jo Anthony, who we're going to be interviewing for this podcast. So um, she kind of embodies this spirit of grit as well. But the there was a lot of quote unquote haters um, towards Nehemiah that just wanted to see him fail and did not want him to succeed building this wall. Um, and so there was three or there was two people and, you know, they had a group of followings and I'm right now I'm in, um, chapter four, verse seven of Nehemiah. And it says, um, these people, Sanballat, uh, I think that's how you say it, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, um, they all plotted together to come against or to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. And then this is the verse that I want to focus on. Um, but we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. So I'm going to read that again. Nehemiah chapter four, verse nine. But we prayed to our God and we posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. And the reason I think Nehemiah embodies so much grit is because of that word and. And so many of us in, and my pastor really hit home with this um, two weeks ago, and I just, just been, it blew my mind. We all pray to God and we lament and we give him our worries and we give him our struggles and we ask him for things. And God asks us to do that. I'm not saying not to pray, but the fact that Nehemiah prayed and like if you're just praying and throwing a bunch of 
word vomit out to God every day and just saying, I need you to change this. I need this change. This needs to change. This needs to change. And you're not doing anything to change your life yourself and not doing anything to help yourself. Nothing's going to change. God wants better from us, not just for us. Like he wants better for us. And he, you know, he's, he gave the ultimate sacrifice of his son for us, but he wants better for us. We need to be good advocates of the life that the life that he's given us. So just really want all of you guys to focus on praying and, and whatever your and is. Like if you're praying to God, like I need better self body image. I need to feel better about my body. I don't feel my best. I feel sluggish. I, you know, X, Y, and Z. And you're praying to God for help in that aspect. You need to, and get your booty moving 30 minutes a day, eat clean, whole foods and drink some water. Like we need to be taking steps to kind of change the things that we're asking God to change. And we're, we we need to do him some favors here. So that's my my rant. That's my highlight of the week. And I hope that that helps you guys. Um, this is your sign to open your Bibles and just read some scripture, especially, like I said, um, the story of Nehemiah. I had never really dove into it before. And I'm really glad that we've been spending a couple weeks um, on that at church. So with that being said, we're going to transition into this week's episode. So my husband and I, um, we recently, we like, we watch TV sometimes, but with me being pregnant, you know, my husband likes hunting shows. Like I like to go to sleep the second I put my daughter down. Josephine goes to sleep at like 730 and I'm like, it's time for bed. So I pass out by like eight. Um, But the beginning of this year, we started, we found a show and it was called The Ultimate Cowboy Showdown with Trace Adkins. And we started watching it kind of as a joke because, you know, TV, like half of those things are probably really gimmicky and stupid. And we're like, oh my gosh, you know, my husband cowboyed for 10 years and we still have a lot of friends that are ranchers in agriculture and, you know, are are cow hands and they're working horseback every day. So we're really heavily influenced in that industry. And so we're like, you know, is this going to be something we can just like make fun of and laugh at? And we watched the first season and obviously, you know, there's going to be some people here and there that you just kind of laugh at in the show. But it there was a lot of good hands and a lot of people (laughs) that knew what they were doing. And it was actually a pretty competitive show. And, you know, basically what the show is, it's, it's, I think they start with like 15 cowboys and, and there's some women in there too. And the, we watched the first season and they basically have these challenges and they have to bring their own saddle horse and they're on a ranch for however long it takes to film. And they're doing these challenges and there's eliminations and eventually they get to the ultimate cowboy for that season and whoever wins the ultimate cowboy showdown. And we got really into it and we watched the first, you know, there's there's three seasons out right now <clears throat> and we watched all three and we actually went out of order because we couldn't find the second season. So we watched first season, third season, and then we found the second and watched second season. And the second season, the winner was Katie Jo Anthony and obviously a woman. And it's wild because they started out with 14 people and I think there was only four girls and 10 guys and all of them were hands. They were, they were amazing. And it was really cool to watch this woman go all the way to top and she deserved it. Like we were watching and she held her own. It's not like she got a leg up because she was a woman and I was watching it. I'm like, I need to get her on the podcast. So thankfully she responded to me when I reached out and she is going to be on the podcast today. I hope you guys really enjoy listening to her story. Um, she's just got a really, really 
good story about some tragic losses in her life, but how she built grit and just like, you know, being a woman in a man's world and highlighting on the fact that being a woman is one of the coolest things in the world and getting a lot of behind the scenes on kind of how the show went for her. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. Um, and if you have not already, you guys, a lot of you guys, this is probably the first time you've heard of this show. Highly suggest watching. We found it on like freebie like we have a fire stick and we just searched the show and found it so I'm sure you can find it on some kind of streaming service but um stay tuned to the end we have some news on the future of the show and talking of there might be season four coming out in the distant future so without further ado let's get right on into the episode all right, welcome to the podcast, Katie Joe Anthony. I am so excited to have you on here. I already talked a little bit about you in the intro, but please introduce yourself, who you are, where you come from, and what was like uh what was life like growing up for you? Uh, hi Shan, thank you so much for having me. Um I'm Katie Joe Anthony. I um, am originally from a small town in New Mexico, uh, JAL actually, spelled J A L. Um, if you blink, you'll miss it. I'm a fifth generation uh, rancher. Uh, my family and I now live in Ryan, Oklahoma. And, um, you know, growing up, I've just, I worked with my dad. I was homeschooled by my mom with my sister. And, uh, you know, we've just always worked as a family and um, it's, we've can, we're continuing that tradition today. It's really fun. Awesome. And so you grew up, like you said, ranching and all that, mm -hmm. and you also grew up rodeoing. And so just tell us a little bit about that balance that you've had in your lifetime um, between ranching and rodeo. It's been really cool, like hearing your story about that, but just like not a lot of people get kind of the best of both worlds and get to do both. So kind of tell us like that balance of both ranching and rodeo that you've had throughout your life. You know, I think that uh, growing up on a ranch and working with my dad and doing the things that we did um it 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 gave me the upper hand in the rodeos a little bit i think because of being able to read cattle um and my horses were a lot better off because they they knew what a hard day's work was and i used them outside they were not just strictly arena horses you know and so um they were more of a, a well-rounded um usable thing to me and so it's um i think it really helped me to you know grow up the way i did because um, it just all around made me a better um, cowboy, made me a better horseman, made me a better, you know, because it wasn't just, you know, saddle your horse, go run 10 calves and you're done. And that's the only time you ever touch them. It was, you know, you may sit on the same horse all day long um, and you may, you know, your the tasks that you were asked to complete were so different. Um, it really, it really helped me. That's awesome. Cause I feel like a lot of people, you know, miss or a lot of people don't understand how good it is for a colt or like a horse that you're raising um, to grow up ranching and working. Like, you know, I think so many people want to send their horses to like a trainer to put 60 days on them, but you need to go send them to a cowboy at a feedlot and yeah. go have them do that. But that's so cool that your horses were able to get the exposure of not only like working and doing that, but a competitive horse working and then a working horse competing. Like that's such a well-rounded, well-rounded animal that that gives you. Yes, it is. And I mean, and they just, they, they seem to respond a lot better to me. I mean, you have those freak athletes, you know, there's horses that never see outside and they're super good. Don't, don't get me wrong. There are those, but it just in, in, for me, in my experience with what I had 
and have and continue to have to this day, um, it just makes them that much sharper. It makes them that much better if they have been used and they know ex- like exactly what you expect them to do. Um, and it just builds a relationship with them because you spend a lot more time with them. Um, so I think, I don't know, I, I'm a firm believer in that they need to go outside and learn to work outside before they ever go to the rope and pin. Amen. That is awesome. And how cool that you got that opportunity to do that with your horses growing up and into today. Um, And so we're definitely going to get into the Ultimate Cowboy Showdown and talk about the TV show. Um, I'm really excited to hear all about that. But on the show, you did talk a lot about um, a really big part of your life and a really big part of what your character is made of. And that is the impact that your sister um, has had on you and her battle with her health and unfortunately her passing in 2013. So tell us about Bailey, your sister, um, and what her legacy means to you? Um, You know, Bailey, Bailey obviously was a very huge part of my life. Well, we are six years apart. um, And with, you know, her health struggle, she didn't get to be involved in just a whole lot of like the ranching when we were little. But after her transplant, um, she got to become a lot more involved as far as like the rodeos go. And I mean, she always loved it. She was very passionate about it, but she, um, you know, obviously couldn't, couldn't do it all the time with with how she, you know, with her heart problems and things, but um, she was always there for me. Like she was the, you know, she was always there to like push me to be better and to be like, uh, it's okay. Like she encouraged her, I guess. Like she was always the one that was so encouraging and like, you can do this. You're going to be great. You know, um, I don't know. She was always just there and it was, uh, yeah, we fought like cats and dogs, but, uh, when we were little, but as we grew older, uh, we, we formed a really great relationship and, um, you know, I, I'm grateful for the time I got to spend with her. No matter what was going on with her, she was always there, like, as my hype man, you know, like, I could, I, I, like, every day was a challenge for her, because, you know, it's hard to be positive, for at least for me, if you, like, if I don't feel good, I don't want to be positive to anybody, right, like, you, you know, you get sick, you're, like, icky, and it's easy to snap at people, and be rude and not help and whatever. And she was never that way. She was there no matter what. And, um, you know, I mean, she just was, she was just a testament. Like she loved, she loved Jesus. She loved sharing that light. She loved entertaining, cooking, doing that kind of stuff. Like we really bonded over that in our older years. And, um, you know, I can remember, like I said, on the show, like, she would come to the arena with me because I, we lived together when I was in college and she wouldn't feel good, but I would back my truck up or get her a chair or whatever. And she would sit out there and turn calves out for me because I I needed help practicing. And no matter how hard it was on her, she was always there. Wow. Um, And so, I mean, she was, she was just, I mean, she was just always a huge part of my life you know, whether, whether it was giving each other a hard time when we were little to being my best friend when we grew up, um, you know, I mean, she, she was just a very important person to me. Right. That's, 
such a testament to like the kind of person she was obviously and it probably has worn off on you quite a bit of just being that kind of person to be there for someone else regardless of what you're you're going through because everyone's got stuff we're going through and like at the end of the day I think that's what a lot of people forget is like no matter (laughs) what we're posting on social media or what we're telling people like everyone's got stuff and like to be resilient enough to still show up for the ones you love like that's an amazing quality well, and her, her biggest thing was just be a kind human, because like you say, you never know what people are dealing with. So like me being kind to somebody or being kind to me, me, you know, whatever it may be, the trickle down may be, that might be the best thing that happens to that person. And that may be what needs them or what, what they need to save their life, right. to make them think that they're worth it. And you know, that, that's a huge thing for me. Um, I, I don't appreciate drama, mean people like, and I, I've gone through a lot of that with my divorce and everything else. And there's been so many days where I just, I'm like, I want to talk to my sister because people aren't nice. People aren't uplifting. People don't want to help you. And Like to me, like, what's the point of being, what's the point of being that way? You need like help each other. That's the only way that any of us are going to ever be successful. Exactly. There's no reason to just not be a kind human to another person. Like bringing someone else down and being mean to them is not going to make you come out on top in any way. It it doesn't make your, yeah, it doesn't make your faults any better. Right. They're still the same. You're still failing at whatever by making somebody if by by belittling somebody. It's not making you any bigger. Exactly. And, um, you know, and she was just a firm believer in that because like she was bullied a lot as a kid because she was smaller than like because of her her health problems. She was smaller than everybody. And so they bullied her really hard in school. Um, when we weren't home, like, cause you know, she went, she wanted to go to school because you want the social interaction. You want to be a normal kid. Right. And so mom let her go to school and ended up, she had to like, she, it was better off to homeschool because people weren't nice. And she, you know, like she kind of took that to heart and like made a, like made a difference, I guess, in her own life. Like she, made the point to be a better person and that's always just stuck with me like just be a nice human and like I get my feel I get my feelings hurt a lot because I'm too nice most of the time right um I I go out of my way to help you yeah like I go out of my way to help you when I probably shouldn't but I do anyway right and um and, and and you know regardless of how many times that that does hurt my feelings or whatever, I still feel like I'm honoring her by being that way, by being a nice human. And that's what everybody always is like, well, can you give me advice? Like, or, you know, if you could tell anybody anything, just be nice, just right. be a kind person. Right. Like cost zero dollars. No. Yeah. And you'll get a lot further in life. If you're a nice person, there's a lot more people that'll want to talk to you and help you if you're a nice person. 
Exactly. No, I love that. And that's so amazing to hear that you've continued on honoring her legacy by doing that throughout your lifetime. And I can tell like how big of an impact she's had on you. And that's a big part of your story and why you kind of made it to where you are today. Um, and talking about that, let's get into the TV show that you were on, The Ultimate Cowboy Showdown. Um, this so how did you hear about like the show? What was like casting like? Like, how did you get on the show? What was that like? Um, you know, it's kind of funny that you asked that question. So during season one, like I had no idea anything about it. And I had a friend from Mississippi call me one day and she's like, Katie Joe, like you should do this. Like you would be awesome. And I was like, oh, no, that's a crock, whatever. Meh. And then like two weeks later, a friend of mine that I had gone to college with called me and was like, Hey, um, I work for this show as an outrider, whatever. And, um, we need more women on here for next season that know what they're doing. Would you be interested? And I was like, no freaking way. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, this can't be the same. God thing was just friend- like, here you go. Here you go. Here yeah, you go. He was like, boom, opportunity, take it. And, uh, so, I was like, sure, why not? So he gives my name to casting and they call me. I visit with them for a second and they're like, well, we'll send you the application, fill it out, do the thing, you know, and we'll see. And so I had to put my name in the hat just like everybody else. And I ended up being like one of the 14 chosen. And I think that they said my season, they weeded through like 1500 people. Like There was quite a few people that applied. And, um, so yeah, I like, it was, it was a really weird thing how it happened because she kept texting me and telling me like, you're going to be great at this. And I was like, no, like that would, I would never. And then I ended up talking (laughs) and going and, uh, I mean, it was obviously a really good experience and it was something that I would definitely encourage people to do like, that was so out of my comfort zone and just like, you know just take the leap of faith. Like there's a lot that goes into it than you think, but it was fun. That's awesome. Well, tell us some of like the fun stories about like filming and producing, like how long. So what, when I was watching, so me and my husband like recently got into this show and like, it's been out for like a couple of years now. Like we just found it. And yeah, so we just found it on like whatever we're on our streaming services and we're like, oh my gosh, we should watch this. Like, and at first we were kind of like laughing at it because my husband cowboyed for a little bit. And the first season, you know, the first episode, you're like, how goofy is this going to be? You don't know if it's going to be like actual hands or if it's just going to be like yeah. something stupid. So we're just like, we can just laugh at this. And then we got into it and we're like, a lot of these guys and girls, like they know what they're doing. Um, And mm-hmm. so those are some questions we have from watching it because we got really into it and especially at the ending, you know, when you've got some amazing hands. Um, like how long yeah. from like start to finish was the challenge? Like it looked like you were doing guys were doing stuff every day. Um, so like tell us some fun mm-hmm. stories and kind of like how it went. Well, um, from my season, I was there a whole 22 days. Um, and we filmed every day except one, I think. Um, we had we had like one day off, uh, and it was very uh, towards the very very end of the um, of the season or of filming or whatever. Um, I think there was only like three or four of us left when we had our day off, um, and then 
um, shoot, I don't know, like for us, it was very, very hot. <laughs> and, and where was your guys' have... season located? Because they switch around all the time. Yeah, we were in East Texas, like over by Terrell. Um, and it was very humid. It was very hot. It was like middle, like we filmed in July. It was very, very like. Oh, gosh. I mean, bitter middle of summer. And um, we actually did have to sleep in tents because that was COVID year, you know. So oh, nobody yeah. could be close to each other. And so like for real, no air conditioning, no nothing. That um, is so funny you said that because I we didn't even put two and two together. Like we're just like, oh, they're making them sleep in tents. And it's like that's probably yeah. one of the only shows that's not making a big deal about COVID. <laughs> Freaking out yeah, about no, it. They just it make was... you sleep in tents. Yeah, like they they made us pop our tents out there in the middle of this pasture and sleep, you know, like in our own little separate area. And now, like, it was brutal. I lost, I bet I lost, I think I lost 25 pounds while I was there. Um, Like I said, I was there for 22 days. I lost 25 pounds. Um, I had horrific athlete's foot because it was so humid. My boots would never dry out. And so, and going through the ponds and doing all that, and then the dew on the grass in the mornings, it was just a repetitive cycle of um, foot rot, basically. Like it was what it turned into. And so I wore my Crocs a lot if we weren't on camera. Even when we were on on camera and I didn't have to be on my horse, I would go put my Crocs on so I could try to air my feet out. It was so bad. Um, and I know that that's pretty disgusting, but I mean, that's just like the fact of what happened, you know, it's just the um, behind the scenes of this crazy adventure you went on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and, uh, getting to meet all the different people and, and, and learn how, um, how different, like everybody ranches and how, how they take care of things and what their life experiences were. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of like, like this isn't, there is not one structured way to do this job that we all do. And um, so getting to hear how other people do it and what they, you know, go through on the daily, like, you know, the weather's different there, the terrain's different, you know, what, whatever it may be, getting to hear their different stories was really, really cool to me. Um, because to me, if, if you stop learning, if you stop asking questions, like that's, I mean, you're dead, you know right. what I mean? Like you need, like you have, like you have to keep educating yourself and do, um, more things. And I, I think that the more you can learn from people, the better you are. It's just going to, it's just going to make your life more rich, more fulfilling, more, whatever, more successful. Um, because you can adapt. Well, and looking at those days that you guys, like you said, you're, I know 22 days sounds like a lot, but for how much you guys did, that is not like a short amount of time. And if you guys are doing Mm -hmm. stuff every day and um, a lot of people, you know, haven't watched yeah. the show that might be listening, but you had to bring your own saddle horse. And those are like long days for you, long mm-hmm. days for your horses. Like that, you have to make sure your horse is in like good shape to get there and do that. So tell us a little bit about your horse, Pedro, that you bought. That was a really cool horse. That was one of my favorites to watch the whole time because, you know, everyone's got their own horse that they brought. But tell us a little bit about your horse and kind of yeah. how he did through it, because that's a that's a hard, hard month for those suckers. 
It it was it was very hard and and luckily um Pedro's a very willing and very um gosh like he just he wants to please you. Um he's one of those horses, he's a rare find. Um he actually belongs to my ex-husband and um I give them all the credit. They raised that colt and um you know, he used him and started him as a two-year-old and then used him up until we got together. And then honestly, like I had never even swung a leg on him over him until like the week before I left for the show, because all I had was Colts and then my good rope horses. And I was like, I don't know what to take. And he's like, well, he's going to be your best bet because he's pretty versatile with everything. Just take him. And I was like, well, okay. So I literally worked cows on him one day before I left and sorted on him just to kind of fill his buttons. And then I took him and, you know, um, I am forever grateful for that horse because he allowed me to pay attention to my job and he took care of his own. I didn't have to do his job and my job, you know, like I didn't have to rein him around or whatever. I could trust him to watch the cow hold a whole life, whatever. He made my job extremely easy, um, which Dylan still has him. Um, And after I got back from the show, I actually hauled that horse to the rodeos in the breakaway and got to win and on him quite a bit and, and everything. Like he's just a phenomenal athlete. Um, Like that, that is a game changer for sure. Like when you have a horse that wants to like he does and just he just never has any give up like he has so much grit and so much try um that it, i mean it just i just outforced everybody is what it came down to right well it's that's awesome that you had access to such an amazing equine athlete because you can tell some of the people on there you know especially in the early episodes of the seasons you know some people come with horses that just yeah. aren't cut out for that and you could tell from the beginning you were mounted just right you had an awesome horse um and then kind of like not to give a spoiler into the season too much but you guys had to um like for people that haven't watched it yet yeah. but um you guys had to start some Colts throughout the competition. And then when it came down to like right. the top four, say you guys were riding some Colts. And so that tells a little bit about that and how it was working with those Colts during that time. I mean, you said you were only there for 22 days, so you're probably only putting 10 days max on those Colts. And then you had to ride them for part of the competition. Yeah. Tell us kind of, I mean, it just seemed like you had a lot of Colt sense. Like, do you have a lot of experience starting Colts? And did that really come into play there for that? Um, I mean, I have, I have some, I've started a few like throughout the years. Um, and I ride a lot of young horses to work on. Um, I like, typically I like them to already have 60 to 90 days when I get them and I teach them a job, but, um, yes, we did have to start those Colts and I will give, um, JC, he's on my team. Um, he did a good job picking what the horse we named McLovin, which is what I rode because that horse was pretty willing and like just didn't want to be wild he was a little bit smaller than the rest of them so he was a little bit easier to handle and like he just didn't really want to be a bad horse um and I feel like that um was a good pick because and we didn't know at the time you were gonna have we were gonna have to use them in the end um but uh that horse was really user-friendly um and I think when I, when I rode him at the end in the last challenge, I think he had 12 rides, but I also spent a lot of time, like we would have some downtime 
and they didn't care where we kept them, how we did them, whatever. We had all, we had full access to do whatever we wanted to with them. So I kept him with my good horse, like next stalled next to him. And so I brushed him, I saddled him, I messed with him. Um, like he, I, I spent a lot of quality time. So he was used to me and, and used to what I asked him to do. Um, I paid attention. Like he was one that didn't really like a bit. So I rode a hackamore on him, you know, like I made some changes because I paid attention to my horse. Um, and it, and that just goes back to that. There's something that I love. There's something that I really value to me. They're not just a tool. If I didn't have a good horse, I couldn't do my job properly. Right. And so that's how I viewed him too. And, you know, I was very proud that the fact that like, by the time we had to do the challenge, like he didn't shy over riding over the tarp and dragging a log and whatever, everybody else, their horse was bucking and freaking out about having to pull the log. And I was loping circles around dragging mine, you know, like right. we got a practice deal and I would just dally and I would just lope circles around him. And he just took it in stride because he didn't like it, it wasn't weird for me to ask him to do something. Right. And, and he trusted um, you enough. You'd spend enough time with him, like you said, and just hung out with him and made friends. And that's one of the biggest yeah. things. A lot of people miss that step. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I'm, I'm one of those weird people that like, you know, if I walk down there to feed or to, to, to mess with my horse, I always call him by name. So they get, they get used to the sound of my voice. Like they, you know, I talk to them a lot um, because they're my friends. They're not my tool. They're my friends. Like if they want to work for me, it makes it that much better. Right. I do the same thing with my rope horses, my ranch horses at home. I mean, I do the same thing to my bottle calves. Like I can call my bottle calf by name and she runs to me, you know, um, like, I, you know, forming a relationship, whether it's a horse, a person, a cow, a dog whatever right. if they if you respect them they respect you well and i think um that has a lot to do with kind of like the feminine tendency and like just like mm-hmm. i had a few weeks ago and i i always bring um this girl that i interviewed up um k rose cattle company and she runs cattleman you when we had her on she just capitalizes on how important the feminine touch and ranching is and how it's just become lost like couple generations ago, women were so heavily involved on the ranch and it kind of got lost somewhere along the way. And that feminine touch is so important. And that feminine like tendency of like, you know, no, we're, we're caregivers, these animals, and we're, you know, have to have some kind of like connection with them. And like you said, they're not just a tool Mm -hmm. and kind of circling back to that. You were one of the only females on the show, especially towards the end. You guys had, I think three or four starting out out of 14. Four. Yeah, there was four, there was four of us girls, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, there was four of us girls. Yeah, four girls and 10 men. Yeah, so you guys had four women on the show and, you know, especially getting towards the end. Um, Just tell us a little bit how it was being a female on the show and like what it meant to you to go all the way to the top, being one of the only females to make it to the top. You know, um, it, it was kind of intimidating at times because like they don't give you a handicap. They don't. And, and I don't ever expect them to. And I don't think any of us did. Um, I mean, you're expected to step up and do your job, period. Same as the men. And those guys like when you, you know, when you walk up and they're just like, ha, ah, here comes this little girl, you know, like you're 130 pounds walking up and they're just like, mm, yeah, I can run over her all day. Uh, like you know you could just kind of see 
you could just kind of see in their demeanor that it was one of those things where they were like, oh, well, they don't stand a chance. And, Which almost gave you uh, an edge, probably, because you probably because like if they're you know yeah. thinking down on you so much, that gives you an edge because you're like, okay, just sit back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you just keep thinking that. That's fine. I'll I'll use my rope better. I'll use my horse better. And and one thing that I know that all of us had to do on the show, being women, um, we can't out muscle somebody that's 200 pounds. You know, I mean, that's just not that's just not going to happen. So you have to use your brain power. You actually have to be smarter. You have like the old saying, work smarter, not harder. That's what you had to do and be strategic. And like, but too, as a woman, like, I don't think anybody expected me to step out in a leadership role. Um, Oh no. Like I said, like I was going to, I was about to say that I was like, and most of those challenges, everyone was just like, all the guys were asking you what to do. (laughs) You just kind of got there looking at you. Yeah, they would literally like stand there with a dumb look on their face. And I was like, well, come on, guys, like we need to do this, this, this and this. And I think that some of that was their strategy to try to get me kicked off because they didn't think they thought I would fail. And because if you're the leader and your team fails, you're the first one. You're the you have the target on your back, you know, like you're ex nate And but but what they don't realize is that. I grew up in a household of only girls. It's my dad, my sister, me, my mom. I have run the, like, I have, I have been put in a leadership role because if my dad's not there, I'm next in command. There is no other person to take over the job. It's me. And my, my dad doesn't even hardly take a horse to Brent, like to gather the, calves when we brand like to gather cows when we brand he's like katie you run the deal like you drop everybody off you gather the pastures i'll see y'all when y'all get back to the pens like i have had to learn to put myself and to be assertive because it's very intimidating especially um being younger than most of the people that you work with and being a woman at the same time to be like, Hey, you need to listen to me. This is how we're going to do it. And this is like, it's my way or the highway. And so I feel like they underestimated that fact in me because I do have that in my background. I have been expected to step up and take control. And, um, you know, I, I think that that was an advantage to me because they didn't expect it. Right. Exactly. I was going to say that kind of give you, gave you a major hand up there. Well, I won't get too much yeah. more into any of this stuff that goes on on the show. Cause if anyone wants to go watch it, they should. Me and my husband got so into it. I'm really excited for like more people to watch this, even though it yeah. has been a couple of years since it came out, but, um, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but what's life been like since the show, um, like what's changed and like, what are your next goals moving forward now that you've accomplished, um, that big feat? Um, yeah. Oh, there's been a lot of changes. Um, like I said, life happens. Um, I went through a divorce, um, which, you know, I I mean, it wasn't a, I wouldn't say a bad thing. It was just one of those things where we just didn't fit. It wasn't, you know, the right thing. Um, so I, uh, worked this summer training some horses for, um, an outside ranch and, have done a few different things and then came back and help. And I'm working for my dad again and helping my family. And, um, you know, I mean, like 
life's been good. It's just, I mean, it's all, I mean, it all just changes. It kind of evolves. I don't know. I don't right. really know how to explain no, it. No, it's, it's so really true. It's like it, but... things, you know, don't have to be at this like level 10, a hundred, I'm on the way up or, you know, or like things are going terrible all the time and things are going bad left and right. Like that's the beautiful part about this journey of life is we're kind of just all coasting along, going through the ups and the downs and figuring out what the next step is. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've, I've ridden some really, really nice horses and have produced some and sold some to great people. Like I, I really enjoy that part of my job. Um, aside from the cattle, I enjoy training horses and basically, I mean, I, I say that they're my product, even though I don't view them as a product or a tool. Um, I love putting good horses in the hands of good people. And, um, it makes me proud to see people win on stuff that they get from me. Uh, you know, so I've, I've done a lot of that. I've got to, uh, experience a lot of things like going to the Minnesota beef expo and being the guest speaker for all the youth up there. And, um, in, a, uh, I think in April, I have to talk to all the third graders in Duncan, Oklahoma, you know, like just stuff like that. That is like the little things being able to reach people and, and encourage people and um, bring them into this way of life. That has been the coolest thing after the show because everybody's like, Oh my gosh, I want to meet you. And I don't even feel like I'm famous. I just like, it's kind of crazy that they want to meet me, but I'm so excited that they want to know what I know. They want to get, right. they get in, you know, like when you, you get to infect somebody with the love of what you do to me, um, you know, because this, the, this industry is, I mean, we're a dying breed, but this industry is awesome. Right. And um, I love to, I love to share that, to spread that. And so I think that that's been like the coolest thing for me after the show is being able to do that amongst a variety of people. I love it. Well, and then I was talking with you and your mom yesterday as well. And, um, you mentioned that you guys with your family have your upcoming, uh, bull sale in, um, mm -hmm. March. So do you want to plug a little bit of info about that? If anyone wants to come, if anyone's interested in that. Yeah. Um, it's March 31st. Um, it's Anthony Red Angus. Um, they will be all registered Red Angus cattle. Um, there'll be bulls, heifers, some bred cows, um, I don't know if dad decided to put any pears in there, maybe a few. Um, and then there's a few, he took like, I think two other consigners. I can't tell you what ranches they're coming from. Um, I haven't been told yet, but, um, they will have some bulls in the cell also, and it's going to be a really cool thing. This is going to be our first annual and then it'll just continue from there. But, um, we have really worked hard. I, I mean, especially my dad like he like he puts his heart and soul into his cows and and that's something that he's really wanted to do his whole life you know have have a good registered herd and be able to um produce something that people wanted to come and have and you know uh so i'm i'm really proud for him and i'm proud for our family that this is actually happening right that's so, awesome yeah well, that'll March be so 31st, fun. Ryan, Ryan, Oklahoma. And it's, and it's at our place. It's at my parents, like at our home place. Um, 
everything is going to be in-house and um, I'm actually sitting here watching the sail bulls walk around the pasture right now. I love it. Well, and you guys are on Facebook, so people can find info there probably too. Perfect. Yes, ma'am. I love it. Well, that'll be so exciting. And so Katie, one thing that we ask every single guest on the Women in Western podcast is just to share what the biggest piece of advice that someone can learn from your story is. And I feel like you have so many good nuggets, but what's kind of just like one thing, if if you could tell someone one thing, what would it be? If I could tell you one thing is, um, besides be a kind human, right. um, don't, don't give up. Like life's rocky. Things don't go as planned. Um, they, like, but there's never a time that you need to say, I can't, that that's not a thing. Um, I can't is not in my vocabulary. Um, so just keep going, keep your head up, keep treading water. It'll get better. Like you'll make it. It's going to be fine. Um, if you have a dream, chase it. Don't ever let you tell, don't let anybody ever tell you that you cannot do something. Um, and I've learned that the hard way, uh, especially being a woman in this industry, we're in a man's world and there's a lot of people that'll look down and say, well, you can't do that. You're a woman. You can't do that. You're this. Yeah, I can. It may take me just a smidge longer, but I can. And so my advice is just don't ever say you can't. If you set your mind to it, do it. That's awesome. I love that. I think people are going to learn so much from your story, Katie. And just thank you so much for being on. Like I said, I know you've got a busy schedule and you've got a lot going on, and especially women that are in this ranching world. They don't have a lot of time to just sit down and have a chat on the phone for an hour. So I know you're good. I know you've got a lot to get back to, but thank you so much for being on. Is there anywhere that people, if you want to plug that people can follow along with your business or, you know, with follow you personally, Instagram, Facebook, anything like that? that you want to plug? Yeah. Instagram. Uh, it's like Katie underscore Joe 11, um, on Instagram. And, um, I have a athletes page and it's Katie Anthony athlete. Uh, feel free to follow along and, um, I will try and do my best to keep everybody updated. And I'm also on TikTok. You can just, um, search my name and I'll pop up. Oh, we Um, love TikTok. I've got to go check out, check that out. I, I am a little bit addicted to the TikTok, let me tell you. I feel like it all has oh, us all in the chokehold. All, reci- all the recipes I get off of there. From- oh, yeah. The cooking alone is like, that's, I use it as like a search engine. Like TikTok has become a search engine for me. If I have a question about anything, <laughs> like it, or a recipe I need, yeah. it's become the it's new Google. It's way better than Google. Way better. <laughs> yeah, it's- way better than google well and we are so excited to know that season four of the ultimate cowboy showdown is coming out soon as well so make sure you guys are all looking out for season four um we don't have a lot of info yet we don't even have a release date yet but we do know confirmed there will be a season four coming out and it's going to be so cool guys thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the women in western podcast we are so thankful for all of our listeners if you would like some merch go to the women in western podcast.com and check out our stickers and our t-shirts that we have available also go follow us on instagram at women in western podcast and make sure to tune in next wednesday for the next episode